Welcome to Triumph. This is a show about working our way through an abortion experience in our past and God's mercy and forgiveness and healing for those people who have had an abortion experience in their past. I'm Tim Welsh, Executive Director of Bethesda Healing Ministry, and I'm here with my wife, Joe, as usual. Hello. Hi. Um, I just want to say, you know, I and I know that uh, sometimes I kind of drive you nuts. I mean... Really? Um, no, you don't. Well, no. Let's not, let's not air that in public. <laughs> uh, but sometimes, you know, th- this is just a conversation, right? True. I mean, and, and I know that you and I are completely different in this regard, that, that you like to be really prepared with questions and all the answers and everything else, and I really don't. You know, I just kind of want to talk about stuff. Sure. And I, I think that's, that's kind of the nice thing about this this program is that we just, it's a very genuine thing. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff we've never talked about before. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. Some of the stuff we, we never will talk about again. That's right. um, but, you know, it's, I, I think there's great value in its authenticity. And I think there's great value in the fact that, you know, we, you and I have gone through it and, and we know what it's like. And, yes. And we're willing just to sort of chat about it here on the air and talk about some of the dynamics associated with an abortion experience and the the dynamics associated with the grief and um, you know the the journey through through that experience. Yes. And yes. I just think that's um, I, I just think that's really important for us to sort of get out there that. You're not going to get any great bits of wisdom, but this is just the two two people who have been through it, a man and a woman, who uh, are very lucky to still be together because most relationships end. True. Um, so, so that's what this show is all about. And and by the way, if anyone out there is is um, uh, experiencing uh, the grief and and issues with a past abortion experience, call us at Bethesda Healing Ministry. There, there's some really kind people waiting to talk to you, and they know exactly what you're going through because they have been through it themselves. That number is 614-309-0157. Um, uh, we're here at uh, AM820 at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, and let's uh, continue to talk about, last time we talked about the effects of the abortion experience on the man. And yes. and I we talked about it specifically uh, geared toward the man, but today we're going to recap some of the stuff we did last time. But we're also going to talk about what a slightly different perspective, and that is not just ha- the effect on the man, but the effect on the man and his relationship, and the effect on on the man and the relationship that his uh, partner. Uh, wished was there and and maybe um, was or was not so I think that'll be kind of a fascinating uh, fascinating time here anything you'd like to add to that no okay I think you covered it it's not on my notes so I can't really say anything yeah that's right I'm I'm, I'm waiting so last time remember we talked about um, the sort of seven scenarios of man's involvement in the abortion experience the first one being that he had no idea that the woman was pregnant. He had no idea that she had the abortion. She, he wasn't involved in any way other than just the procreative act. Um, the second part was that uh, he opposes abortion and says so. Uh, the third, the third post- potential scenario of a man's involvement in the abortion experience is that he just hides his feelings against the abortion because he, 
he loves her and wants to and believes it's her right to make that decision and not his. The fourth is he's completely ambivalent. He he just doesn't really care. He he just goes along and it doesn't really doesn't really matter to him one way or the other. Uh, the fifth scenario is that that he supports and possibly even encourages the abortion. The sixth is that he actually pressures her to abort and threatens her either to leave or all kinds of all kinds of um, pressures. He exerts all kinds of pressures on her. The seventh, then, is he just abandons her physically, emotionally, and refuses to take responsibility. He just leaves her altogether. She comes and tells him that she's pregnant and that he's she's going to have an abortion, and he just says goodbye. So that's a pretty broad spectrum. And, you know, we talked last last time about where I thought I was. I, I, I really think I was kind of looking back the 40-some-odd years ago. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I was sort of ambivalent, but... But that's a retrospective look. I can't say that I really, I really know. I, I can't say, you know, in in the with the experience of history, I I don't really know. I can't really say where I was at age twenty or whatever. Sure. Um, so, you have some questions that you want to dive into before we get into the second part of this, but yeah. that we kind of didn't cover the last time. But but uh, this issue of men. I th- and you brought it up last time that this issue of of men and their experience in the abortion uh, experience is is I think missed by I mean you know there's very little there's very little acceptance that post-abortion syndrome exists for the woman yes and there's even less acceptance that it ex- that post-abortion stress exists for the man yeah. In our culture, yeah, if it was accepted, um, if it was accepted knowledge or um, theory, then you know we would, the room at Bethesda would be totally packed. You know, we would have so many people coming to us that we wouldn't know what to do. And the fact is that we have to wait for those women and men to come forward just like for me. I mean, it was 34 years before I said, okay, I need some help. Something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of the way it works with abortion healing. You know, we are here to help when you are ready. And, uh, we, we just have to be patient with that and pray for those folks to come forward. So what do you think was the tipping point for you? I know we've been through this before, but I... I, I, and I it was probably the, the just the constant, you know, we would be fine in our relationship with, you know, discussing things just in, like, not intimacy as in sexual intimacy, but just intimacy in our relationship, we would go through these kind of peaks and valleys. And um, times when I um, just maybe didn't understand why I felt the way I felt about things and, and, and you wanting a certain 
standard from me or um, certain things from me, and I couldn't give them because I, I had all this angst and shame and guilt and anger and all this stuff all balled up inside me that I was holding down. I was just kind of holding it all inside. I didn't have any more room for anything else. So that's that's probably what the tipping point was. And, you know, you and I finally discussing it and you saying, you know, maybe there maybe there's some wisdom in you talking about mm. this. <laughs> so that was it. I think that was the tipping point where I mean it's kind of um it's kind of like when you decide maybe you're going to stop drinking. Okay, th- what I've been doing isn't working. So maybe there's some better knowledge out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you give up drinking for Lent or something, and then the first thing you do on this, on Easter Sunday is get plastered, right? I mean, that's right. it's kind of that peak and valley. So um, I just this is a show about hope too i mean what, oh, we, what we try to do is make sure that people you know here we are a couple of folks that have been married for four, almost 43 years and 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 that is rare you know it's rare for we're we're really lucky and yes. blessed because yes. we don't most the vast majority of relationships end within six months after the abortion true the vast majority true of them. and most of them end generally yeah um but we we that didn't happen to us. We stuck together. We have stuck together. Um, and you know, I I again the list of the audience I'm sure knows that I'm a recovering alcoholic by now. <laughs> and uh, most relationships end with alcoholics. You know. Oh yeah. So we kind of had two strikes against us, and it it didn't work. So so how did that how did that healing? I mean, what's it like today? So you say you know you weren't able to to give. Uh, me what I wanted that I that sounds really weird it's all about you that. it seems like <laughs> it is all about me I mean I've always known it has been but I've never said it out loud anyway so what what's the um so what what's it like today I mean is, having been through the the healing process at, at least to some extent I mean I don't think you ever get healed no no it's a process for sure and and I learn something more every every day about myself and i'm still you know working with there's some a group of of women that i work with virtually and we have sessions every couple of weeks online and i i'm 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 the leader if you will but I, I continue to learn from them and their experience and their wisdom. And it's such a, it's hard to explain the freedom that I feel and, and, and being able just to, once you say the word abortion and, and, and rec- recognize it, admit it, deal with it, it's so freeing you don't have to go around and tell everybody that you've had an abortion. You you can you just have this this internal peace and freedom. It, it's really kind of hard to explain, but it 
is amazing. It's like a, a weight has been lifted. Like I don't have to worry about what people think about me, which was a big deal to me all my life. I don't, I mean, I care still, but I don't have that, just that really deep feeling of, Desire to be liked. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that I still have that desire. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> but it's it, it's like I said, it's just so hard to explain it because it's just a huge weight that has been lifted. Well, so so we're going to get into some of your questions, and I, I've got a, another question along those lines uh, for you uh, as we go along here in in just a few minutes. You're, you're listening to. AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in Columbus, Ohio. This is, you're listening to um, a show about God's mercy and forgiveness and, and how much he loves us and will take care of us no matter what we have done in our past. And this is a show about hope and love. And, and it's a conversation between a couple that have been through this. And, and it's very... Um, it's very important for us to have these kind of conversations in the public because as long as we continue to demystify um, our actions of the past, I think we're, we're better off as a culture. Yes. Yes. So you have some, I, I have one final question for you and along those lines. I'm, I'm just kind of. Um, You're taking over my job. This is supposed to be about you. Well, I know. No, but go ahead. I like like talking about me, too. You like being in charge. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so so how did that, the the question I asked before really was more toward, you know, there was intimacy issues, there were uh, self-esteem issues and all that kind of stuff. How has that changed having gone through what you've gone through and having gone through what we've gone through? It's changed, I think it's changed our relationship for the better. I think it's easier for me to um, talk to you. It's easier for me to not hold on to to shame and guilt and, and just be authentic. And I guess that is, and that, uh, along with that weight, that is so important to me, just to be authentic. I think it has helped us, you know, like those intimate conversations that, you know, are, are more, I don't have so much bottled up that I am afraid, oh, if I say this, it means that, or, you know, it, it it's too it's way too complicated to mm-hmm. just answer and if you've ever been through healing through any kind of 12 step not that abortion healing is a 12 step but it, it has a lot of similarities you know that once you recognize your sin your failings your shortcomings once you just recognize them you have just a freedom, um, freedom to be authentic of, of who you are. That 
I'm not sure I'm answering your question. I'm no, not that's sure good. where you're going or I, what I, else you want. I just, again, I, I just wanted to hear in your words how, what that feels like today. You're much more joyful today than you've ever been. Yes. I mean, you're, you're, you're happy, and, but, but more than happiness. It's, there's a deep joy uh, associated with the way you're living your life right now. So let's, um, let's segue a little bit. You had a couple of questions about for me and about my feelings, but I also want to, I wa- also want to talk about how those feelings translated into what you needed as a spouse and as a girlfriend and as a friend from me during that experience as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this is going back to our discussion from last time. And I may have asked you this before, and you kind of alluded to it, like at the time of our abortion, how did you feel about it? And I know you about abortion, and I, and I think you answered that already, kind of you were ambivalent. You weren't on fire with this Roe v. Wade decision. That wasn't, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I mean, for me, that's how I felt. I, it wasn't like top of mind, a burning issue for me at the time but what how did you feel about abortion in general i i you know honestly again in ret it's hard to answer those things in retrospect but it it was <laughs> i i don't know that i gave it much thought yeah. i mean honest to goodness i mean when you came to me and told me you were pregnant and what you were going to do i i don't i don't believe I spent more than a few minutes thinking about it because honestly, and I'm not blaming the, I can't blame the culture. I mean, I did what I did. I can't say, Oh, the culture made me do this. No, that's just not fair. Uh, and it's not, it's, it's not taking responsibility either, but it was what the culture told you to do. It told you to say, this is the woman, this is a woman's issue. You have no say in this thing. Yeah. And I bought it. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And it it's uh, it was wrong at the time. It's wrong today. I wish I had it back, but but I don't think I really gave it any thought at all. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. And at the time, you know, we didn't discuss any part of that. I went uh, had girlfriends take me, and you were happened to be out of town, and we never discussed it after that. At the time, or looking back, do you think that you wanted more information about it? Like that experience, the whole piece of it? Because in, you know, when I do my story, you know, I talk about every step along the way. Did you ever think about that? Or did you ever wonder about that? Or want more information? Or afraid to ask me? Do you mean about how it went? Or yeah. how I... Looking back, you know, in our day today, with our relationship today, that would have been a perfectly normal thing to do. I would say, how did how did it go? You know, what's the? I, I've been on OBGYN appointments with you now. You know, I mean, right. I, which is wacky, but um, at a, but at the time, I was too young and immature to even think about that kind of stuff. I mean, I was. You know, I think we grow in, we've grown into a relationship that's much more unified and, and much more caring. But at that time, that wouldn't have been a question I would have asked. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's just uh, today it's, you know, how'd your day go? And, you know, we, we were actually genuinely interested in each other. And but but back then, not that we weren't interested, but we were it was just a different time. I, I just don't. Yeah. I don't think any more information would have. I, it it may have, I, I don't know, I don't know what it would have done for me if I'd have yeah. gotten more information. Yeah. I'm not sure I really wanted to know because, I mean, I, and by the way, I probably made the same assumptions everybody made at that time, and that was just this little blob of tissue. They're going to, you know, uh, excise this from you, and that's going to be that. And that this is no worse than getting your appendix out, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what everybody said. Um, so I bought it. And yeah. I, I don't yeah. think more information would have helped me yeah. at all. So we talked a little bit last night at our group about anger, and there's so much to learn about anger. It's it's quite amazing. And anger is generally, you know, thought to be expressed verbally or physically, but it also shows up in other ways, like um, maybe you repress your anger or you suppress it or you... Um, push it out toward, you know, you show it in other ways. So do you know, do you have any anger toward anyone, me, your family, God, yourself, in looking back? That may be too heavy of a question right at this point. Um, no, I, can I back up for just a second? Because I, sure. I need to footnote something I just said a little bit ago. I, and I want to make sure that not all men fall into that ambivalent category. Mm-hmm. This is Tim Welsh that fell into that category. Right. There are men who are uh, who oppose abortion right from the start, say so, they really object to it, and begin the grieving process immediately and are touched very, very deeply about yes. it. Yes. And, and all of the, it, it is a spectrum, just like we're all different. We all have different reactions to all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So. I just want to make sure I underscore that. I don't want to sound like I'm laissez-faire about the abortion thing, because I'm not. I gotcha. But um, the answer to your question is, I've always been, uh, I, I don't know if anger is the right word, but I've always been disgusted and possibly, I guess, angry at the at the abortion industry itself. Okay. I, I, I never harbored any anger for at you. I don't harbor any anger. I, I'm a little angry with myself, the way I reacted, um, and remorseful of how I reacted. But I never, I, I, it's the industry that, that really gets me going. And, and that's, I, I, you know, and that includes legislators that, that vote to continue the so-called right. Um, those are the people I get a little angry with. I don't get angry with God. I don't get angry with you. Get a little angry with myself. But the abortionist and the guy that's making, you know, four hundred dollars for fifteen minutes of work. I, I just, uh, I, I can't handle that. Yeah. Okay. And we were going to segue into a little different yeah. aspect here. Yeah. So. So I kind of know the answer to this question, but just for the listening audience and for folks who are struggling with this uh, issue in their past, um, I just, you know, what did you, in that moment, let me ask you to sort of take a 
take a uh, go in the Wayback Machine. You remember Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yes. Go go to the Wayback Machine. That yes. was who was that guy? Um, I forget who the guy was. Sherman. Sherman. He'd get in the Wayback Machine. Well, go in the Wayback Machine, and what did you want from me? What did you want from a man at that time? I mean, because I obviously didn't give you what you needed, but but what was it? I think, you know, as you were asking me that, I, I don't know that. I don't know that I wanted anything different from you. You know, as it, just to try and to be in that moment in the Wayback Machine. Yeah. Because I had made up my mind. Sure. And, and maybe the only thing that I would have wanted is maybe more of a discussion about it. It wasn't anything we really talked about. It was just, okay, this is what you want. And maybe maybe I scared you when I said this is what I was doing and you know, because I can get scary sometimes, that this is what's happening. And I I think because of our age and just everything else around um, my past that I, I I didn't give you any opportunity, but I don't know if I was in that moment again, not having lived this, these years, that I would have wanted anything. I, I certainly probably would have wanted you to not be leaving on vacation. The next day. <laughs> right. Yeah. And not even be around. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that would probably want, be one thing. That, that, was, that, was a little, that was a little painful. A little nutty. So, uh, would there have been anything, that, we got about a minute. Right. Would there be anything that I would have done that would have deterred you? I don't know the answer to that. I well, don't feel like you... No, I don't think so. We at can, that time. We can tee that up in the next show. That's, that's, a, that's a perfect, perfect, perfect segue don't to the next show. Don't go away, folks. Yeah. So you've been listening to Triumph. This is a show about... And by the way, I forgot the name of the show earlier because I, you know how you, you're saying Hail Marys and you, somehow you're, you're in the middle of it and you forget what the next word yeah. is. You've said Triumph. a million of them all the time. You're listening to Triumph on, on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Tim Welsh. I'm executive director for the Bethesda Healing Ministry. Um, and if anybody out there is going through some of the past um, issues with a, with an abortion in their past and, and are struggling with that decision in their past, or you know somebody who is struggling with that decision, please give us a call, 614-309-0157. God bless every one of you, and have a great spring. Then he, so-